From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone, and welcome to season two. Goodness. Season two. Very, very exciting. We're going to inaugurate this season with a new feature called Game Spotlight. First episode of every month, we're going to look really closely at one particular game. This is not going to be a review, there will be no scores, just a discussion of a game that we're interested in. Maybe because we like it, maybe because we don't, it maybe it tried to do something really interesting and failed. Some reason why it's, why it's worth talking about. Uh, we're talking about why it's, uh, what it's like for us and what it's like in the cafe for the customers that we teach it to. So uh, there's been a fascination recently for uh, micro games. Stuff like Love Letter, the Blue Lion, Win Lose Banana. There's something called Coin Age on Kickstarter right now where it's just one card. I'm getting it. <laughs> of course you are. And uh, we're going to be... Uh, one, of, one of the micro games that, uh, that's come up recently is Coup. It's another one of those Kickstarter games. And helping me to discuss it this week will be my fellow game gurus, Scott Moyle. Hello. And Steve Tassie. Howdy. Welcome back, guys. Thank you. Good to be here. So, uh, Coup was designed by uh, by Ricky Tata uh, from a company called La Mame Games. It was recently republished in this successful Kickstarter by Indie Boards and Cards. The original version had sort of a Renaissance Italy look and feel to it. The cards looked like woodcuts. They had this sort of a, a stained sepia tone look. Pretty generic, sort of oldie tiny town. They, they were they were pretty, you know. They're Marseille tarot cards, but not especially uh, distinctive. Yeah. So then there's this new version, which has the same setting as The Resistance, which is another hit game from Indie Boards and Cards, with a dystopian science fiction type setting to it, kind of like in The Hunger Games. And the characters in this new version of Coup look like they'd be right at home in the capital city in The Hunger Games with their crazy hair and eye makeup and stuff. You guys have been really excited about this. I've been hearing about it a lot from you for the past while. I haven't had the chance to play it or teach it yet. What's the big deal? Tell me about this thing. Uh, so it's a game that I pitch differently depending on who I'm pitching it to. Mm-hmm. If I think uh, if I think theme is going to get them, uh, I, I'll say, hey, you know, you know the Hunger Games, you know the, the Capitol and those those sort of fancy like sci-fi period costumed weirdos uh, <laughs> who have lots of time and lots of money and indulge very very weird behaviors yeah you get to be those guys and they get very excited alternately if i uh if if they're more sort of in it for the mechanics if they're more of a what we call a hardcore gamer i'll explain that it's it's a bluffing game but that every single round you are all in (laughs) steve what's the appeal of this game for you uh i like lying (laughs) Uh, I really like that the game uh, gives you the opportunity to mess with your opponent's heads uh, by lying about who you are or not, Uh, by acting like you're lying about who you are in an effort to convince them to call you on it and sounds, therefore backfiring uh, against them. Like It sounds a little bit like Cockroach Poker so far, one of my faves. A little bit. What I tend to um, describe it as is a cross between Love Letter and Masquerade. Okay. Uh, you know either of those so Love Letter being a game with uh, for up to four players with 16 cards, the micro game thing I was mentioning before. And... Um, Masquerade, the game where uh, you have a secret identity, which uh, at various times you won't even know uh, who you are, but you're allowed to claim to be anyone that you want to from the game. The catch is you might get called on it by someone who actually thinks they're that thing. Uh, and that happens in Coup all the time. It also shares a fair bit of DNA with, uh, with Skull and Roses in terms of the elimination aspect of it. 
in terms of there's that point where the finish line is in sight and you're just gonna run for it and that's either gonna go really well or everyone's gonna catch you and you're, it's going to go very poorly. Uh, it has that feel for me. Well, having read the rules to this game, it strikes me as the kind of game that's really, really easy once you actually get going. But if you hear somebody describing it verbally on, say, a podcast or something, it's really, really hard to follow to get a sense of what exactly is going on. Having said that, can you give our listeners a sense of what it feels like to play Coup? Can you sort of give them the idea? Yeah. Um, I, I've actually moved quite a few copies of this in our retail section at Snakes, and that does involve telling people what it's like without having the game in my hands. At least not an unboxed copy of it. <laughs> so uh, you'll have 15 cards. There are five roles in the game. The Duke, Ambassador, Contessa, Captain, and Assassin. And there are three of each card for a total of 15. Everybody gets two of those cards at random. You might have two of the same role, you might have two different ones. It doesn't really matter. You know what you have, no one else knows what you have. And on your turn, you're going to do something. And that something is most likely going to be using the role of one of those characters, saying, I'm the Duke, and doing the thing that the Duke lets you do. If nobody calls you on it, then... Calls you on it meaning uh, if nobody, challenges If nobody you. challenges you on being the Duke, um, then great, you use the Duke's power, or whatever it was you called, and it's not relevant whether or not you had the Duke card at any point. Okay, so if, it's only if somebody says, no, 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 you don't have the Duke. Exactly. If somebody speaks up and says, you, you do not have the Duke, then you have to show them a Duke. If you show them that you were, you know, you were playing it straight, you had the Duke, then their punishment is one of their two roll cards turns over and is dead. It's, it's a, a hit point that's gone. Uh, that point of influence for them has been destroyed. If, you, if both of your cards are face up, if both of your influence points are destroyed, then you, you are, are out, out of the game. Bye-bye. However, if you cannot show them the card that you claim to have, if they, if they win the challenge by successfully calling you on your nonsense, then one of your cards dries up because you got caught out in this awkward social situation <laughs> in the dystopian sci-fi castle. Uh, oh, the Duke! Yeah. No, I'm not that! Oh, my bad. Embarrassing. <laughs> oh, I like my. to imagine it as, uh, what I'll describe it to people as, is when they're challenging somebody, they're standing up in the Senate and loudly saying, J'accuse! And either that person is entirely pantsed and everybody who they knew sort of deserts them in the awkward moment, <laughs> or that person goes, uh, I got the Duke on the phone. Oh, and the Duke goes, yeah, yeah, I was behind him the whole time. And the person who stood up sort of soils themselves and walks away. <laughs> So can you actually, um, if, if somebody accuses me of not having the thing I say I have, can I deliberately choose to say, oh, I don't actually have that, so that I can trick people into thinking that I don't have it? Is, is, that, is that a ploy? Uh, that's... It wouldn't be worth losing the influence. Okay. Because yeah. you've only got two influence. Exactly. And that's you it. never want to lose that if, influence. If you, if you blow it twice... You're out of the game. Like exactly. you, you can afford to make precisely two mistakes, and, in and fact, then you're gone. Or one big one. Uh, one of the more <laughs> interesting interactions that can come out of the game. The assassin's power is uh, involves paying a small amount of currency and killing someone's one of someone's cards. The contessa is the one role that has no uh, has no active power. There's nothing you can do with her unless somebody tries to assassinate you. If, if you claim the assassin and come after me and I claim I have the Contessa, well, my Contessa makes me unassassinatable. Okay. Um, the, uh, the catch being that if you have an assassin and I lie and say I have the Contessa, and you challenge me, and I can't show you a Contessa, well, then I lose an influence to getting killed by the assassin and an influence to the cost of lying. 
Double play. I'm kicking myself out of the game with one big all-in bad choice. Neat. Yeah. It it, it does. It, the all the appeal elements of cockroach poker are there. You know, the, can you lie convincingly or can you tell the truth unconvincingly? But with this beautiful art on the cards and with this neat sort of political thing where you're going after people and... And a time frame that kicks cockroach poker in the pants. Yeah, this is a much really faster game. Neat stuff. So what's it like teaching this game to a table? I mean, so, uh, there are some games that even though the rules are simple, I find it's, it can be difficult to get it across. Something like Skull and Roses, for example. I can explain the rules really, really easily, but then I finish the explanation, and even though everybody understands, they have no idea what they're supposed to do. There's that sort of awkward moment there. Does it, does it find that it ever happens with Coup, or does it just flow? I haven't had that problem with Coup. Uh, I haven't taught it a whole lot at the cafe. That's brand new. So. Uh, yeah, it's quite new. But um, the tables that I have taught it to have really um, just clicked with it. Uh, are these mostly you know, game player types, or are they more casual types, or is it a mix? It's a mix. Um, yeah, there's a blend of people, and I think I tend to pitch it as a lying and bluffing game right off the bat, so people understand, uh, as a result of that, that what they're supposed to do is maybe fib a little bit uh, <laughs> while they play. Whereas I think if I were to pitch it on the theme, the way Scott sometimes does, that... Uh, it might lend itself more to that confusion uh, initially. Does that ever get people trip, tripped up? Um, actually, I've had kind of 100% success teaching this. It's getting... That's a good I'm batting average. Yeah, I'm teaching it every shift I'm at the cafe lately because it's sitting in the middle of our new game shelf and the box is chrome. <laughs> uh, so it's getting it's picked really up shiny. a lot. Yeah, it's really shiny. And, uh, and yeah, when I get people... When I wind up doing the themier version of the teach, uh, because I... This is a trick I learned from you, Jonathan. Because I roll as much story into the teach as possible, uh, I wind up having a really good time with it. I'll explain. Uh, I'll explain that those points of influence. You are not the duke. You are not the assassin. It's that you you have a duke in your back pocket. You know you you have uh, you have an assassin who owes you money, or you have you know a mayor who you have some sort of video about, or whatever. Um, the theme can really make tricky mechanics a lot easier for people to grasp. Yeah, and I'll, I'll explain it as, this is not you saying, I'm a duke today, I put on my duke hat when I got out of bed in the morning. Uh, this is you saying, hey, the duke said I could have these three dollars. And, <laughs> and people go, well, what if the duke didn't? I'm like, well, then you have to challenge me on that and then we'll call the duke and see what and if i can show you a note from the duke that says yeah he gets three bucks kind of reminds me again of love letter where you know, the, the card that you're carrying you are not that person that person is carrying your love letter trying to get it to the princess exactly and when you explain it that way it winds up being easy any That's mechanical why. confusion we run into that i've run into has been cleared up by referring them back to the story that's why I say it's Love Letter meets Masquerade. Yeah. Uh, it very much is that. Well, unlike in Masquerade, you're actually allowed to look at your own cards. Novel. Which is either good or bad, depending on how much ludicrous chaos you want in your game. But Coup seems actually fairly controlled. It's not, uh, it's not an especially chaotic game. Um, it's, it seems to have a, a fairly definite curve to it. Um, it, it you don't tend to see, uh, with, with, that, with that sort of short of a, of a, of a game time, you're probably not going to have a lot of runaway leaders. Even if you get knocked out fairly soon, you're not going to have to sit on the sidelines for very long. That's correct. In fact, one of the things I like about teaching it, uh, most of the games we teach at Snakes, you teach the game, you run them through the first turn or three, and then you leave and hope they survive. 
In this, the supervision period can be the entire first game, <laughs> right? Because they're not going to play it just once. Um, no one I've taught this to has played it fewer than three or four or five times. Uh, so I can sit there through the entire five minutes of their first play, and it'll be a short play because someone will screw up cataclysmically early on. Um, that's what happens in your first play of it. Uh, it's And it's great being able to show them what the entire arc of it looks like. So the box says two to six players on it. Would you bring this to a table for two? No. No. All right. Would you bring this to a table for six? Oh, yes. Definitely. Yeah, I would. What's, is there a sweet spot for this? Is there sort of a, a zone? I really of... like it at four, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't see any reason why five or six wouldn't also be good. Yeah, I, four, five, six have all worked well for me. With three, I, I install a minor hack to the game. I only use two sets of the rolls. So with three people... It's a ten-card deck. Ten-card deck. To each of the Assassin, the Duke, and so on. Exactly. Um, the... Uh, yeah, it, it makes things uh, makes the cards a little more countable. Um, mm. Whereas if there are fifteen people and only you know only three people playing, well, it, it could be anything out there, and it winds up being pure blind guesswork from top to bottom. Which so out, out of the ten cards at the start of the game, there's going to be six of them on the table right away, which is that's that that's clever. That's a nice little hack. Well, it's not really mine. The two-player game is only use seven cards. Oh. Right? You start with uh, three piles of cards, each of which is one each of all five rolls. So you break it up evenly into three. One of those decks is the deck for the game. I get a deck, you get a deck. We each pick a roll out of it to start the game with and set the rest aside and then get our second roll randomly out of the deck. So the seven cards, I've got two, you've got two, and three are sitting in the corner. I can see why you wouldn't want to introduce somebody to the game with two players. Maybe if you've uh, already... Yeah, it's an interesting way to play if you have already experienced the game and know what the game is about. I wouldn't recommend it as your introduction to the game. Well, gentlemen, you have definitely convinced me I need to play this game quite urgently. I think I brought my copy. <laughs> yeah, let's play it when we're done. Thanks, guys. And uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us. We'll be uh, obviously doing this every Tuesday for throughout Season 2, and uh, next month, the first Tuesday of the month, we will have another Game Spotlight for you. Until then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Steve Tassie and Scott Moyle. Game on. I'm the Duke. I'm the Contessa. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Snakes and Lattes offers a unique service for your next party. Snakes on the Go Board Game Catering. Your own personal game guru and an assortment of our hottest games right in your living room or boardroom. Birthdays, anniversaries, corporate team building, everything is more fun with board games. Visit snakesandlattes.com slash SOTG for more details or to book your event today. Until next time, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.